0: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit, coming at you live and partially local here on Your Community Radio. My name is Treesong, and we have a guest with us on the line.
1: Maybe I'm here.
0: I hear you. I think you're here. <laughs> All right. You're here in digital reality anyway. Actually, it's probably analog because it's over the phone lines, but <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah. We've been doing a bunch of meetings about LEED because we're doing a, a lead house, you know, with the, um, what is that, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, right, from the... Yeah. U.S. Green Building Council. So, mm-hmm. that's exciting.
0: Taking the so lead in Mainly environment
1: it consists environment. of a lot of paperwork.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, paperwork for the environment then, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you yeah. go. What is this? I, I just started reading the, the news that you put together. Yeah. And it says a, a family won three million dollars in a fracking company lawsuit.
0: Yep, it's big news. I wanted to definitely do that one as a top story for today. <laughs> there are a few contenders, but that's a pretty good one. It's
1: like, Pony up frackers, Texas family wins $3 million in contamination lawsuit. What should you do when a company sets up a drilling site right in your backyard? Well, apparently now you should just, like, don't worry about it. Call a good lawyer and make a bunch of money. <laughs> no. That's not what you should do. After you stock up on some extra strength Tylenol and Kleenex for the upcoming chronic he- headaches aches and uh, nosebleeds, you might want to call a good lawyer. Yesterday, a jury in Texas County Court issued a landmark ruling against Aruba Petroleum for contaminating a family's property and making them sick. The company has been ordered... To pay two point nine two five million in damages to Lisa and Bob Parr of Wise County, Texas. Now, let me do a little editorializing here. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a big deal, Mm -hmm. but you have to remember that Exxon still hasn't paid any of the settlement from the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989.
0: Yeah, they're still dodging it with appeals, and they've
1: managed to hold that up in court. Like, yeah. Um, in March 2011, the PARs filed a lawsuit against the Ruba Patrol alleging company's 22 drilling sites within two miles of rent, devastating effects on the family property and house. Do you think if someone tried to do this in another day besides, I mean, this is a big deal that's in Texas,
0: yeah, Texas makes it a big deal. I mean it's a big deal anyway.
1: I mean bleeds, a two thousand eleven press conference. More we blood screaming, crying, end quote.
0: number five. You're starting to break up a little bit there, Orr. all right, or you're breaking up a little bit. Let's see if we can get you tuned in here a little better. If there's any spot you can get better reception, then that would be helpful. All right, are you still with us, Orr? I think Orr's signal may be breaking up across the ocean. Well, we'll go ahead and finish this story then. We'll see if Orr comes back. And after this story, we'll go to a musical break and see if we can get him back. But yeah, so it's it's being called the first case in which a jury has awarded compensation for fracking-related contamination. So the lead attorney uh, praised the family for persisting in its fight. Quote, it takes guts to say I'm going to stand here and protect my family from an invasion of our rights to enjoy our property. It's not easy to go through lawsuits, to have your personal life uncovered and exposed to the extent this family went through. So yeah, in situations like this, I mean, the oil company, well, fracking company, will try to do whatever they can to resist your lawsuit, and sometimes that can be pretty devastating. But they manage to get through, and like Orr said, it may still be contested in later suits, but... At least, <laughs> at least it's a good sign. It's a sign to the fracking companies that, yes, they may actually be held accountable for their behavior. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to a little music, and we will try to get ore back on the air. If not, we will continue with your community spirit. We are back. And I yeah. believe we have Orr back with have us.
1: Back. Try, try different technology? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, sometimes the free Internet phone doesn't work as good as the paid one.
0: Hmm. Yeah, actually, when you first called, we were getting you pretty clear, but, uh, uh, you know, sometimes technology breaks down.
1: With that last news, uh, I was wondering why it takes disgust to stand up and protect your family.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like common sense, you know, protect your family. I mean, I guess it takes guts because you're facing such a big corporation. But, yeah, we had a caller actually call in, and they wanted to know more about what sort of adventures you're off on that you've uh, ended up outside of southern Illinois.
1: Oh, well, I can't hear you.
0: Oh, okay. I We,
1: uh, okay. we can hear you. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll just act like I'm talking to nobody. <laughs> Reject and Protect Opening Ceremony in Washington, D.C. Present some new neighbors. Tuesday morning, led by 24 riders on horseback, the Cowboy Indian Alliance, that's right, the Cowboy and Indian Alliance officially opened the Reject and Protect Camp on the National Mall. Surrounded by tribal flags, flags flying the family brands of Nebraska ranchers, and dozens of reporters from media sources of every kind. They rode onto the National Mall to protest the Keystone XL Park and Pipeline passing through their land. It's very interesting because, do you know what Tuesday was?
0: No, what was Tuesday? No,
1: Tuesday? Tuesday was Earth Day. What did you have? <laughs> gotcha. got you. You got me. <laughs> um... Here's a little bit more that, well, of what happened on Earth Day. The day started with lighting a fire that will burn at the center of the camp throughout the entire week. Now, so they, are, they're allowing them to do a fire on the White House lawn, huh? Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah.
1: Because it's a lot of tribal leaders, um, it was actually the alliance is welcomed by the local tribal leaders whose traditional land D.C. is actually located within. So it's, it's pretty interesting to see all these demonstrations and ceremonies and educational events to tell President Obama to reject the Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah. So. Now, why are they out there? Well, besides actually protesting, the Cowboy Indian Alliance and thousands of allies will come together this Saturday, tomorrow, the 26th, at 11 a.m., for the main event. Now, if Tuesday was any indication, this will be an event of particular power and importance. So, it's pretty interesting for me to see, you know, natives, people and
0: cowboys getting together, because traditionally they're supposed to be enemies, right? Yeah, I feel like that's why they did it, is for the symbolism of, oh, you know, if cowboys and Indians can agree on this, then it's got to be a pretty big deal. All right, so so let's talk about this one that's about another type of Indian. (laughs) Uh, Environmentalists urge U.S. to stop meddling in Indian solar affairs. A U.S. push to smash open India's fast-growing solar market could end up hurting the climate. That was the message from 15 U.S. environmental groups in a letter sent on Wednesday to U.S. Trade Representative Michael Furman just days before his office plans to move forward with a World Trade Organization complaint against India's solar rules. Now, we've I believe we've mentioned this before. India is going gangbusters for solar. It's really excelling in solar, which is commendable for a country that's very coal-reliant. Not that we in the U.S. would know anything about coal-reliant countries. Uh, solar installations doubled in India in 2013, driven largely by ambitious federal energy policies. Uh, U.S. solar company component producers, notably GE partner First Solar, went in on that action. But Indian officials are trying to protect and nurture a domestic solar industry to help provide jobs for its impoverished populace. Now, this sounds very ironic to me, because, you know, in the U.S., we have all this talk about, oh, we want to create U.S. jobs, it, you know, through solar. And we think that's okay for our country, but then... When India wants to create Indian jobs for its solar industry, the U.S. is like, whoa, that's protectionism. That's crazy.
1: So while we're talking about coal, let's talk about Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota can't say no to coal power judge rules. Now, Minnesota did something really cool back in 2007. I don't remember if you remember us talking about it. As part of its Next Generation Energy Act which aimed to reduce per capita fossil fuel use by 15% by 2015. It effectively barred utilities from buying electricity from any fossil fuel-burning power plants built after July uh, 2009, unless the carbon emissions of those purchases were entirely offset. That's amazing. Yeah. In response... North Dakota, which gets a staggering 79% of its power from dirty coal, did something decidedly uncool. It sued its neighbor in 2011, claiming the air-cleansing and climate-protecting rule violated federal law because it limited interstate commerce. And last Friday, a federal judge ruled in favor of North Dakota. So, yes. I guess in this case, state rights don't...
0: Apply. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I mean, you've got this group of people in a state who do not want sturdy energy polluting their air and the air of their neighbors, and they get told, "No, nope, you got to take the energy whether you want it or not.
1: Did you ever read the book Ecotopia?
0: Yeah, I have.
1: Yeah, so California succeeds from the Union and says no more pollution. No, they basically said, I mean, they... They, they leave the union and say, because they're saying America is polluting too much, we want to be clean on our own. So it's saying, here, that probably someone read the book and says, let's stop that from ever happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well maybe Minnesota and North Dakota are going to go to war now. This, uh, this next article is about climate wars. The climate change war is not a metaphor. The UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has just completed a series of landmark reports that chronicle an update to the current state of consensus science on climate change. We've talked about that on the show here. Here's what they found in a sentence. On our current path, climate change could pose an irreversible existential risk to civilization as we know it, but we can still fix it if we all decide to work together. Oh no, working together is the solution. (laughs) That could be a problem for humanity. I guess we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so in addition to calling for cooperation, the report also shared an alarming new trend, climate change is already destabilizing nations and leading to wars. That finding was highlighted on the premiere of Showtime's new star-studded climate change documentary, Years of Living Dangerously. I I watched the first episode. In the first episode of it, uh, New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman traveled to Syria to investigate how a long-running drought has contributed to the conflict. Now, see, it's interesting to me because it's a concrete example. Like, we often hear these general statements like, oh, climate change will probably cause more wars and such because of the droughts. But then when you get this this example that everyone has been talking about, what's going on in Syria, and then you realize, oh, droughts contributed to that. And then you realize, oh, droughts are related to climate change. It really gives you food for thought. (laughs) kind of bitter food (laughs) yeah very bitter food but here's here's a quote here I mean I also find it interesting because it gets the defense industry involved in talking about climate change usually you know you think of people in tie-dye t-shirts hippies running around like oh we care about the earth that's the stereotype but uh, retired army brigadier general Chris King laid out the military's thinking on climate change in this quote this is like getting embroiled in a war that lasts a hundred years. That's the scariest thing for us. There is no exit strategy that is available for many of the problems. You can see in military history, when they don't have fixed durations, that's when you're most likely to not win. And another uh, retired Navy Rear Admiral, David uh, Tidley co-wrote an uh, op-ed for Fox News <laughs> about the topic. And he drew parallels between climate change and the decisions that led Europe to World War One. So, in short, climate change could be Archduke Franz Ferdinand of the 21st century, you know, this force that causes a global conflict.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're not careful, it will be climate wars not only between the rich and the poor, but, you know, well, neighboring states, South Dakota and North Dakota. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it affects the poorest people the hardest. And so in each country and each state, you'll have the poorest people struggling and creating refugee crises and all that. So then nation will turn against nation, state against state. It's just a bad situation. You know, it'd be nice if we took action and, and actually transitioned to other forms of energy other than fossil fuels. <laughs> that would head off a lot of this at the past, wouldn't it? Yeah. If only we had some other technologies, like clean energy technologies, like solar, wind, water, that we could use.
1: (laughs) Well, we have quite a few happenings.
0: Yeah, let's get to these happenings.
1: Um, In holiday, Tuesday is Greenery Day, and Wednesday is National Honesty Day, and uh, Monday is Kiss Your Mate Day and Great Poetry Reading Day. Hmm. So, guys, don't forget this one. Kiss her and then read her some poetry.
0: Yeah, sounds like a good way to spend a Monday. It's, uh, then Thursday is May Day, a labor holiday, environmental holiday, spirituality. It's the coming of spring.
1: We have to remember, um, we have a CD of May Day songs. Yeah, I, I have should... To remember next week to play some of those.
0: Yeah, next week I should bring that in.
1: So th- today, the Four Kids' Sake Art Auction, they're doing their closing reception at Long Branch... Cafe. Um, the fourth annual for Kids' Sake auction is now available for bidding. This auction highlights the creativity and generation, generosity of the Southern Illinois community. It's pretty cool because it's like kids create art and orphans in Bangladesh are moved by the support of the local community who buy the art. So, yeah. the closing reception is tonight at 530
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful program, and tonight's your last night to check it out, so 5.30 tonight. Also coming up tonight, A Farm for the Future. Tonight at 7 p.m. at Liberty Theater, 1333 Walnut in Murfreesboro. Farm to the Future features one woman's investigation into transforming her family's farm from a high-input livestock operation to a low-energy operation adapted to declining oil production. When her father is close to retirement, uh, Rebecca Hosking returns home to farm, only to learn that fuel prices and fossil fuel dependency are reducing the farm's ability to stay in business. She brilliantly illustrates the ways in which food production is tied closely with the availability of abundant cheap fossil fuel. So yeah, you know, turning it from that sort of big egg model into a more uh, less fossil fuel intensive model. Sounds like a good film. It's part of the Reeling for Change documentary film series, which is designed to offer education through entertainment. For more information, you can email Dana at org or call 618-319-0542. Or you can just show up at the Liberty Theater.
1: Tomorrow, the Green Earth Tree Plant in Cookout, Saturday, April 26th, 9 a.m. to 12 at Attics Park, and that's on North Wall Street. Due to the Easter holiday, Green Earth's monthly workday is being held on the fourth Saturday of the month instead of the normal third. This will be a tree planting volunteer workday. Volunteers should meet at Attics Park Pavilion for sign-in. The workday is the first phase of a community native tree demonstration garden that will showcase the beauty and practicality of planting native trees in landscape settings. This project is a partnership with 13 local and state agencies and will hopefully be the first of many such demonstration walks. Now, after the workday concludes, Green Earth will be hosting a cookout at Attic Park and a presentation on the importance of native trees will be given during lunch. This is a family-friendly event. No special tools or skills are required. Tools, gloves, and water will be provided, but you can bring your own gloves. As that will be helpful. Please wear closed toe shoes, long pants, and long-sleeve shirts are suggested. And our VP is appreciated if you plan to attend, but it is not required. Saturday from 9 until noon at Attics Park.
0: Sounds like a good time. Also coming up this weekend on Saturday, Carbondale Community Farmers Market. It's from 8 a.m. to noon now. And they're jumping outside early. It's so nice out. They were going to wait until May to go outside, but they're coming outside this Saturday. And they're going to have music there. It's going to be... Uh, they've got all sorts of good stuff there. New food, veggies, arts and crafts. It's a good time. It's at the Carbondale Community High School from 8 a.m. to noon on tomorrow, Saturday.
1: Also every Saturday, the weekly Vigil for Peace and Justice, Saturday from noon until one at the Carbondale Town Square, corner of Illinois and Maine. The weekly Vigil for Peace and Justice happens every Saturday from noon till one at the Town Square Pavilion, e. Ian Carbondale, standing up and standing out since December 2001, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois and Fellowship of Reconciliation.
0: Yes. And this next one is a new event. It's a really interesting one. It's called Defend and De-Stress. It's coming up on Saturday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Radiant Lion Yoga on 608 South Illinois in Carbondale. Uh, Radiant Lion Yoga and Carbondale Martial Arts and Fitness are teaming up to raise money for the Women's Center. You can sharpen your awareness and practice self-defense with Levi Wampler from 12 to 2, then you can relax and learn simple ways to stop stress with Siri Rata from two to four. All the proceeds go to the women's center. The suggested donation of twenty dollars for both classes. That's a pretty good deal. You know you learn the first half to be you know all strong, defensive, defend yourself, and then the second half you learn to relax. Sounds like a great event. And it supports the women's Center, so it's a double win. Eight
1: candlelit memorial service Sunday. At 6.30pm at the Church of the Good Shepherd, 33 million people worldwide live with HIV AIDS, each our sister and our brother. At this memorial service, we remember those who have died as a result of HIV AIDS. Now a free will offering benefits the Southern Illinois AIDS Walk, AIDS Holiday Project. All are welcome. A reception follows the service. Yes.
0: And we're pretty much out of time. I'll say one or two more just basic details for these next two happenings. The movie and pizza party, the Guy House RSO, the student group over at Guy House Interfaith Center, is having a movie and pizza party to celebrate the end of the semester. It's coming up on next Friday, May 2nd, at 7 p.m. at Guy House. They haven't picked the movie yet, but you can go online now to their Facebook page and try to figure it out. Or you can email director at rguyhouse.org to share your movie suggestions. And finally, the celebration of World Labyrinth Day is coming up next Saturday on May 3rd at 1 p.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Garden, which is do- just north of Guy House, 913 South Illinois.
1: All right. Another exciting and informative half-hour of your community spirit. Yes. We made it.
0: We made it. <laughs> and I'm glad you were able to make it across the across the ocean waves from the Cayman Islands there. How's the weather going there? Is it nice weather there?
1: Oh, man, it's so hot. It got up to 90
0: today. Oh, yeah. You're getting that heat earlier than we are here. (laughs) Well, I guess we get the nice weather weather now.
1: (laughs) I'll see you on the radio next week.
0: Yes, see you next week on the radio.